Brooksome, and this is the Out of the Fire podcast, where we talk about intercessory prayer, the prophetic, and other Christian topics. Welcome. We're continuing on in our series on the baptism in the Spirit, and I will be using a lot of scripture today. I'll give you the references, and so I just invite you to write those down and check them out yourself in the Bible and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you directly through God's word about these things that I'm sharing today. So in our last episode, we established that all believers have the Holy Spirit living within them. And I used John 20 verse 22 and Romans 8 verse 9 to establish that. But that Jesus commanded the apostles to wait for a further work of the Spirit to come upon them. And we find that in Acts 1 verses 4 and 5. Nor was it only for the apostles. For Acts 1, verses 14 and 15, inform us that many waited with them, and after 10 days of waiting and seeking the Lord, this is what happened. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them cloven tongues like fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And you'll find that passage in Acts 2, verses 1 through 4. Now this was the first time the church received what we commonly call the baptism in the Spirit. The Greek word for baptize means to fully cover or to make fully wet. The early church understood baptism to mean a full immersion, including how they conducted water baptism. The baptism in the Spirit, therefore, is to be fully immersed in the Spirit, and this is what the believers in the upper room experienced. The entire room was filled with the Spirit, and they were also filled on the inside with the Spirit. The evidence of the presence of the Spirit externally around them was the manifestation of the sound of wind and the tongues of fire, while the evidence of them being filled internally was that they spoke in tongues. While the wind and the tongues of fire are not mentioned again in succeeding stories of believers being baptized in the Spirit, the evidence of tongues is... When Peter preached to the Gentiles in Cornelius' house in Acts 10, verses 44 through 46, it says that the Holy Spirit fell on all them who heard the word. And they of the circumcision, that's the Jewish believers, were astonished because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out also on the Gentiles, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. There were believers in Ephesus who had not yet been baptized in the Spirit. And in Acts 19, verse 6, it says, When the, the apostle Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. That there was an outward evidence of receiving the baptism in the Spirit is also implied in Acts chapter 8, verses 14 through 19, the story of the converts in Samaria. 
this evidence most likely was speaking in tongues as well. Whatever it was, was an unmistakable outward sign. Is the baptism in the Spirit for all believers, or only for a select group? Well, Peter gives us the answer to this question in Acts 2, verses 38 and 39, where he says, Repent and be baptized. Now he's speaking of water baptism here. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The promise was to all those who were listening to Peter on the day of Pentecost and to their succeeding generations and to all who were afar off in generations to come and in far-flung places where the gospel had not as yet been preached. The Christians of the early church considered it abnormal for a believer not to be baptized in the Spirit, and they took steps to rectify those situations. When Philip preached at Samaria, the new believers there were not yet filled with the Spirit, so the apostles sent Peter and John to help them receive, and we find that in Acts 8, verses 14 through 16. Paul noticed that there was something wrong with a few of the believers at Ephesus, and he laid hands on them so that they would receive the Spirit, and that's in Acts 19, verses 2 through 6. It is possible, although we cannot know for sure, that when Aquila and Priscilla noticed that something was not quite right in Apollos' preaching, that the baptism in the Spirit was the missing ingredient. They then helped Apollos know the way of God more perfectly, according to Acts 18, verses 24 through 26. Next time, I will answer a few more common questions about the baptism in the Spirit, and after that, we will get to how you can easily and confidently receive the baptism in the Spirit for yourself with the evidence of speaking in tongues. In the meantime, I'd love to have you visit my website, characterbuildingforfamilies.com. One resource you'll find there is a CD. It's also an MP3 download called The Baptism in the Spirit, Why You Need It and How to Get It. And that will help you greatly in receiving your, uh, your baptism in the Spirit along with your prayer language. It will also help you to understand how biblical it is for us, each one of us, to be baptized in the Spirit. Thank you for listening. This is Leanne Rubsom with Out of the Fire.